0: D Hart, What up? Not much, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm full bore Advent, you know, no Christmas here, no Christmas in Austin. <laughs> There's not a single tree that I can ever see. I am, uh, I'm locked in to in the penitence. What about you? It's the exact opposite up here. It's so
1: dark and cold that we need all the Christmas cheer we can get. We're all about denial. Sentimentalism is the exact opposite of
0: Austin. <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just kidding there's definitely like a christmas cheer in my life um all right so we're gonna start the pod with uh, with some unrelated a uh, little 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 banter just to warm up our, our voices and warm the hearts of our listeners uh so ben i i i gather just from our, our friendship over the years and a pointed text message you sent me this morning that you want to talk about some some of your favorite christmas movies
1: so, oh, really? Uh, Just one. Just one.
0: Okay, okay.
1: I mean, so we are, we are out of Advent, folks. We don't have to be all downer this podcast like we have been previous weeks. So I want to get to, I mean, the most sentimental, cheery thing imaginable. And I don't know about you listeners, but my favorite Christmas movie growing up, which I saw over and over and over again, was The Muppet Christmas Carol. Have you ever seen The Muppet Christmas Carol, Nick?
0: Oh, I didn't know if that was a rhetorical question. Um, yeah, 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 of course I've seen it. That's the, we need a little Christmas. Like, is that a? No, I don't think it's that one. <laughs> no, isn't there a song like, we need a little Christmas in the Muppet Christmas thing? No? No. So it's, it's with uh, Michael
1: Caine. Michael Caine is like the human and everyone else.
0: Oh, okay. I'm thinking of something completely different. Okay. So it's
1: like the best actor who had ever been in any kind of Muppet movie. And in fact, like, I don't really care for Muppet movies. But I think my dad bought this film uh, like when I was eight years old. And I man, man, my brother and I just couldn't get enough of it. But it is like the definition of, you know, it is dark outside in the world. But we are just going to be a denial about it and sing about Christmas. Maybe that's not actually accurate now that I think about it. Because it is like based on the Christmas Carol and there's Tiny Tim and, and some of that kind of disaster. But it really is all about like, just being happy and having friends and, but I, I loved it. So what about you, what we,
0: what, Christmas for you? Sorry, I'm trying to figure out, there's definitely a movie where like, there's like puppets like underground and they sing, we need a little Christmas. Is this, this is not ringing any bell? No. Okay, I think, okay, <laughs> I, I've been doing some research while you were talking. I think apparently there was a Muppet family Christmas that aired on ABC uh in 1987 on December 16th oh that sounds like garbage you need to watch the real thing uh oh yeah fair <laughs> enough no I, I don't really like Christmas movies if I would be totally honest I mean I'm sure there's a few that I'm not thinking of that have meant something to me over the years I like Charlie Brown a lot um I I connect way more to Christmas music uh do you like you know um not only like historic Christmas songs like I don't know whatever like great but names. uh yeah, yeah, definitely not those. No, I was thinking more like uh, "Baby It's Cold Outside" or like I mean those kind of like uh, that those that that generation of songs. I, but dude, but my jam in Christmas is all the killers Christmas songs. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Those are no, so they're so all bad. so good. They are all so good. I think a great big sled is undoubtedly the best. Um, yeah, and then I need to there's, listen to these again, to be able well, to distinguish yeah, them, but. Okay. Yeah, that, that's just, I have like a Christmas playlist that has a bunch of them and I listen to it a lot over the holiday. There's also one that it's unfortunately not available on Spotify. You have to like buy the actual song. How dare they? But it's, uh, it's Christmas in LA with Dawes. Um, ah, that, okay. one is, that one is, is very, very, very
1: good. I wonder if there's a couple I've missed because in years past, yeah, there was like one every year.
0: There's like one a year. Yeah. Okay. And so they haven't taken a break. So there's probably plenty I've missed. Yeah, I mean, there's like 10, I think, uh, oh, wow. if Spotify is to I be... I know what I'm doing after this, getting the Christmas cheer. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good, man. <laughs> it's pretty good. But you're, you kind of you want to push back against the Christmas sentimentalism, right? Isn't that, isn't that the thought for the colics? I do. Like, so let's jump right into the colics and I'll, I'll tell you why. Well, okay, so first off, we should explain... Some uh, liturgical details here. There are in our prayer book, uh, page two twelve and two th- ble- bleeding into two thirteen. There are three colics for the Nativity of Our Lord. Um, one of them is like really weird and kind of lame, in my humble opinion. Uh, that's the second one. Um, Grant that we who have known the mystery of that light on earth, <laughs> like what the hell does that mean? Um, but the first and the third are, are ballers. So which one do you want to do? The first. I think let's do the first. Okay. Okay. Um, So let me, let me gather myself and uh, I'll put Put on your pious voice. Yeah, exactly. Oh God, you make us glad by the yearly festival of the birth of your only son, Jesus Christ, grant that we who joyfully receive him as our redeemer may with sure confidence, behold him when he comes to be our judge who lives and reigns with you in the Holy spirit, one God, now and forever amen amen all right so
1: i guess that's my cue to take it away (laughs) Uh, yeah i mean i think uh so i've been a part of christmas pageants in the past um are having one this year at my church and they're great i'm I'm really not trying to take away from some obviously are better than others but
0: i do think that hold on hold on hold on um what was your favorite role in the Christmas pageants that you performed in as a child? <laughs> so, actually, not as a child, but last year, there were,
1: we just thought uh, it was a very cold night and we didn't have enough kids show up. And so they put me as an angel in the pageant. So, everyone is, you know, like four feet tall, three, four feet tall. And then there's me, <laughs> who is the good sport who is just you know, six foot, who's just in the background. We have photos of this six, six foot most awkward thing. In super fact,
0: swole. <laughs> just <laughs> some right. hot ass angel.
1: <laughs> but like my clothes don't match because they like throw this you know, angel garb over me. It was, it's actually pretty embarrassing. We'll probably put it up in the promo pic on Instagram for this week. Um, but yeah, I would say that's probably my favorite
0: one because it was just so absurd did you have lines like did you were you like an actor or were you no just no i was
1: definitely more of like a fill-in like we need an extra character
0: like these pretzels
1: are making me thirsty vibes <laughs> definitely definitely more more like we need a, a,
0: a good pig and it doesn't look good if there are only like four kids in the pick. <laughs> dude that is such a church thing like okay hold on we're kind of staging this entire service for instagram <laughs> and right now it's not does not look good so true can we get a person of color in here just like something to make us like, wow. and inviting wow <laughs> representation here we go let's go back to the colic i i i kind of tick you off there that's all right that's all right
1: so i mean really just um what i'm trying to say here is when we look at the you know, the gospel narrative in luke that talks about the nativity it's not really cute like sure you have you know everything that we love that's cute. We have an innkeeper. We have a stable. We have sheep. We have a pregnant woman. But it's it's actually more presented as as pretty scary. Even the shepherds in the field, in the narrative, are are these kind of rough and tough figures. And and I, I think we we see this really illustrated in Hugo Van Der Goes painting, uh, in, out in Florence. These these. Oh, Shepherds yeah, that one, that one. are portrayed as these ruffians who have coarse faces, they're ungainly, dirty figure, figure nails, crooked teeth, bad haircuts. And this is how the, the shepherds probably would have appeared. These are people on the low rung of the uh, socioeconomic status. Um, and we also have Jesus here, who is, is not born to a Roman emperor the way I would have had God come into the world born to poorer people who are impoverished on the margins of society. And uh, I mean, even with Mary, right? We like to kind of make Mary this like all embracing mother who is interceding on our behalf in the heavens, totally unbiblical idea. But really what's, what's great about Mary, what, what Elizabeth says about Mary, what the angel Gabriel says really is about Mary. That's awesome. Is that, Mary hears the word, she believes the word, and obeys the word. So again, there's not really anything all that sentimental here. In fact, later in the Gospel of Luke, we're tempted to be sentimental when this person yells out to Jesus, uh, blessed is the mother who bore you, blessed are the breasts who fed you, and Jesus is not having any of that. He's just like, no, blessed are those who follow me. Blessed are, those are my mother, my sister, my brother. There really isn't too much sentimentalism in the gospel narratives at all. We have this kind of, you know, accretions of like lowercase t tradition that are sentimental. But the narrative in in itself really seems to suggest that there is a bursting forth of radical light into this extremely dark place. Not this like state of innocence where we come to the manger and like, oh, look at the baby boy. And there's a baby boy in all of us who's, you know, cute and cuddly. So I don't know if that's
0: too harsh, but that's where I'm No at. man. That's that's good. Yeah, that's good. So like where in the collect are you kind of like are you connecting those those ideas? Yeah, really just the
1: beginning. And I really want to go beyond all that into something that people will actually like because people love sentimentalism. But yeah, just like the the we are made glad by the yearly festival of the birth of Jesus Christ and we think of the birth, obviously we think of baby Jesus, but sometimes we don't think of baby Jesus as this, as the creator of the cosmos, who's come in the form of a helpless babe on the margins of society. So I really wanted to register that, but where I think this call even gets even more interesting is that right after that, right after we talk about the birth, we jump right into grant that we who joyfully receive him as our redeemer, May with sure confidence behold him when he comes to be our judge. We jump straight from the birth to the cross to Jesus's coming again as our judge. Now all of Jesus's life uh, functions as our redemption. He's lived that perfect life. So from the time he's a baby to the cross, the resurrection, etc., is our that's where our redemption is found. I do think it's 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 fascinating that in this collect the birth is connected right to atonement or our redemption, Christ living the perfect life on our behalf and in our place. And again, like the way we oftentimes think of Christmas, it's cute, it's cuddly, it's time for nostalgia, but not this looking forward to a bloody cross where Jesus lives and dies on our behalf. Yeah,
0: I don't know if any of that
1: registers with you, or you want
0: to. Yeah, up. no, no, no. Um, yeah, I think in some ways it has to do like a lot of our thoughts about Christmas, whether they're sentimental or whether it's something that's more sobering and not not dismal, but like more of like a yeah, a different type of joy. It has to do with like how we understand the baby, the baby mm-hmm. Jesus, and what and what the baby came to do and if the baby if you know jesus came to bring judgment upon all that which is opposed to like the reign and rule of god that complicates the uh like unreflective joy that we might think you know his coming represents because jesus you know didn't come to be our buddy or he didn't come to just like put a hand on our shoulder and say you're doing great keep going he came to like yeah, to kind of wage war on all that which is opposed to to the kingdom of God. Or I mean, that's that's a bad way to put it. But um, no, yeah, and so it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, so like the you know he is our redeemer. Like, well, that implies you know that we need to be redeemed and that we are enslaved and bound and kind of are caught up in this like as you you know often talk about this like cosmic drama in which we are both you know victims but also the victimizers. Hmm. Um, what you were sharing, it really reminded me of uh, this wonderful quote by Bonhoeffer, which I feel like is in the, in the kind of Fleming, in the Fleming stream. In the camp. Uh, yeah, here's, here's, what, here's what he says. Uh, we have become so accustomed to the idea of divine love and of God's coming at Christmas that we no longer feel the shiver of fear. That God's coming should arouse in us. We are indifferent to the message, taking only the pleasant and agreeable out of it and forgetting the serious aspect that the God of the world draws near to the people of our little earth and lays claim to us. The coming of God is truly not only glad tidings, but first of all, frightening news for everyone who has a conscience.
1: Mm, That's really good. And I think that really connects with what we've been trying to do here with these last four weeks on Advent, bleeding into Christmas Christmas, yeah, don't misunderstand me. I don't want to, like, make Christmas dismal. Or, but I think it's actually when you really take an, a fearless inventory of the dark, when you really look at the darkness outside and the darkness within, and you, we put ourselves back to the first advent, the coming of Christ at Christmas is a bursting forth of light into the darkness. This is true hope when there's all evidence of the contrary, that there can be any hope. And here it is in that very place where Christ, God enters into our world to make right what has gone wrong. And I don't know about you, but I, I find that extremely hopeful for me in 2020 right now, the world is pretty dark out there. I mean, the COVID death rates are higher than they were in March and April. Um, Here in the Northeast anyway, it's super dark. There's just this overall malaise and some of the, you know, the trauma of the past nine months, I don't know about for you, Nick, but for my parishioners, some things that have been kind of festering in relationships and just things are going wrong for people. And sentimentalism is not the answer to put on a happy face the answer is that our Lord bursts forth into those dark places. He has in the past, he did at Jesus's birth, and he will when Jesus comes again. And even now, in the midst of our lives, today. Now, I think I, I want to talk about one more thing, and that is that a lot of the great carols we don't really listen to the words. Um, the carol "Silent Night," talk about you know the peak of sentimental. Christmas songs. But if you really listen to the words, what does it say? Jesus, Lord at thy birth, which I think is really connected to to this collect. We celebrate and are made glad by the yearly festival of Christ's birth. And it is he who is our redeemer, our Lord and redeemer. And this Lord is coming to be our judge. And this Lord is for us. This Lord has lived his life on our behalf and in our place so that we might be reconciled, so that everything that's wrong in our relationships, in our lives, might be made right, and all that's gone wrong be undone. Uh, so I think that this is true hope, not just a nostalgic wish for an imagined past, not just a, a wishful thinking, oh, we have this state of innocence here we see the lord break in on the evil around us the evil within us and undoing it
0: and i I'll think that's break. good news <laughs> yeah yeah I, it is it's worth like talking a little bit about how unique this christmas is going to be right like if i think about my ministry over the last 10 years and I've actually not preached Christmas Eve that many times. I've only probably preached Christmas Eve three times maybe. Um, But I I think if I were to look back and think quite honestly about what I try to do there, there's this like kind of, there's this like performative way that you talk about like how Christmas can be really hard for people and you, um, but you are like, as a matter of fact, just like giddy and joyful, right? And uh, and, and so the, but, but and so what I do, and I mean, in some ways, you could say we're, we've been guilty of this over the last couple of weeks on the pod, is like, it's like this V-shaped thing, right? We're like, Christmas is awesome, but you really got to understand what it's really about. And then it actually will be mm. awesome. And this year, um, it's not a V. I mean, I think it's like most people are at the nadir. <laughs> yeah, like I think a lot of people are are, I mean and I hope I don't think this is merely performative. I think a lot of people are in a really difficult spot like I mean a lot of people will not go to a Christmas Eve service because they're like some ways like legitimately afraid to leave their house uh and um so i that doesn't mean that you know like you said that we just resort to like glib you know truisms um Jesus is the light of the world, cheer up um or that there's like this kind of gauzy like live thing um but that jesus is able to you know bring the promise of god's faithfulness and god's care and god's like reworking of our world like jesus is able to make that promise so concrete and, and livable um yeah, I I hope this is uh, I hope God d- does indeed make us glad this year because that is going to be like an accomplishment, right? Um, if we can, you know, by by the grace of God, have some self forgetfulness and some uh, some sense of transcendence that like we are not alone on this anguished planet. Um, you know, I think I think of all the famous are the most like celebrated contemporary Christ- Christmas songs. I think probably the weakest. Theologically, in my humble opinion, is uh, a holy night. You know, there's like a lot of like weird, bad theology embedded in that song. But there is this great line that I've been thinking about a lot. uh, A thrill of hope. uh, What is it? Our Our weary world rejoices. And I think weary is probably the the overwhelming feeling I get in terms of our, my congregation or the congregation I serve and the way that people are just so worn down by the different ways that 2020 has kind of has affected them. And so the thrill of hope, you know, that Jesus as our redeemer who will make us confident to behold God as our judge. Um, I think that's, that's gospel, man. Yeah. It's going it to, reminds me of that passage from John,
1: right? The light, has entered into the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And if ever there was a time where we're in that darkness and we need that light to be reminded that that light has, is, and will conquer that darkness that is this year. When, as you said, people can't even do what they wanna do. They can't even have that nostalgic experience on Christmas Eve in church and then not come till Easter. They can't be a part of this like really cute pageant that I I mean, I do think is really cute and don't get me wrong friends, I'm gonna watch them up at Christmas Carol this year with friends, I love Christmas trees, I love all the things I'm decrying. But I know that I need a better way, a real hope, that thrill of hope. that Jesus really is Lord of all this mess and will make right all that's gone wrong.
0: Pray us out, Ben.
1: Oh God, you make us glad by the yearly festival of the birth of your only son, Jesus Christ. Grant that we who joyfully receive him as our redeemer may with sure confidence behold him when he comes to be our judge who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. How about that episode of Our Triune Pod? Now that you've been prepped for praise, won't you do us a solid and subscribe and review? We promise to keep the outlandish illustrations coming, so be sure to join us for another episode of your new favorite podcast.